Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Welcome to Bring Out the Talent, a podcast featuring learning and development experts discussing innovative approaches and industry insights. Tune in to hear our talent help develop yours. Now here are your hosts, TTA's CEO and President Maria Melfa and Talent Manager Jocelyn Allen. Hey, Jocelyn. Hi, Maria. We're back again. And with, I'll say it a little biasly, one of my favorite topics on the planet, leadership today. I see you have the biggest cup I've ever seen from Chick-fil-A. Yes, <laughs> I do. I have hydrated. <laughs> I have my, I need a little caffeine because I don't drink coffee, but I have a large unsweetened iced tea with a little bit of lemonade in it. Oh, to just sweeten it up, but it's pretty nice good. Nice little mix. Yes, I love yes. that. Yes. Fantastic. So I agree. Leadership is obviously a very important topic. So when we think about different types of leaders, we often group them into two categories, good and bad. But leaders and their leadership styles are oftentimes multifaceted. In today's episode, our guest, Karen Farrell-Rhodes, takes us for a deep dive into the top seven leadership characteristics for high potential leaders. Karen shares her research of over 10,000 global high potential leaders and their organizations and discusses how they rose to the top of their game in their profession or industry. Karen is an organizational psychologist, a leadership development strategist, HR consultant, researcher, coach, and the CEO of Shockingly Different Leadership. Karen discusses the top seven characteristics of successful leaders, whether or not those characteristics are able to be developed, and the best way to spot these traits in emerging leaders, and so much more. Welcome, Karen. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me today. And I bring you greetings. I'm based here in Atlanta. I bring you greetings from the Chick-fil-A cows. We've actually done work with Chick-fil-A. We've done some really cool <laughs> projects. And one of our directors of client development, she did a tour there and she absolutely loved it. And she did say that those on-site chicken sandwiches were like the best ones she ever had. <laughs> the like, best. I have a lot of friends it. that work there. The best. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well, we are super excited, Karen, to have you join us today. Um, we're intrigued by today's episode topic for a number of different reasons. Obviously, leadership development is a huge category of training needs and consulting needs in learning and development. But as Maria said, like leadership exists as a title, it exists as a mindset, and we'd argue that one is more important than the other for sure. So let's dive into it. Can you tell us more about the work you do with Shockingly Different Leadership? I love the name, by the way. Love the thank name. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes, I'd love to share just a little bit. Well, I let me just step back just a little bit and say that since my childhood, I've always been fascinated about what made the most successful people tick, if you will. So I've always been fascinated with people and got a degree in um, industrial organizational psychology, but decided I didn't want to do clinical work. I really want to delve deep in the world of business. And so ended up getting advanced degrees in leadership management and marketing, believe it or not. And so throughout my career, I've been an executive in the areas of HR leadership development, and organizational effectiveness. 
And so fast forward, my last big stint was at Microsoft, where I helped to create and lead the global high potential leadership program for them. There were 4,200 individuals, the top 3% in the company at the time that were in the program. And as a result of that experience, I was able to participate in a lot of think tanks with like DDI and the Center for Creative Leadership and what have you. And specializing in the area of high potential leadership, which was a buzzword back then, I realized that there was so much more to learn about how effective leaders were able to be effective. And so that's what uh, drove me to start, start our firm. And and so because of my varied background, we ended up have, establishing divisions and all those specialties in particular. So we're a global consultancy that helps with this, what we call the people side of business. So the strategic side of HR, leadership development and organizational effectiveness. Wow. Very impressive background. Thank you. Thank you. We have a lot of fun over here. You and your shockingly different leadership team spearheaded a research program, right, to pinpoint how high potential leaders rose to the top of their game. And I'm very curious to hear about like your inspiration that you said, like what makes these really successful people tick? So I don't know if those are two different questions, but I'm (laughs) thinking them. But how did you how did this research program come to fruition? And is the ticking part of that? (laughs) <laughs> it probably is part of that. I'm sure it has uh, something to do with it as a factor. But so long story short, and I won't, you know, bore everyone with the the tons of research on leadership, but, you know, there are quite a few leadership competencies. And in general, companies do very well in teaching the basics of the leadership competencies that work best for their organization. Usually they're HR teams have identified those in their trainings, workshops, coaching that they provide around that. But when I was part of the think tanks, and I continue to be so, even with a recent collaboration with Gallup, one of the things we realized is there was a miss in leadership development with helping individuals, what I call, achieve that extra mile. So we do build a good foundation, but the myth is how do we actually help them infuse their learnings back into their day-to-day roles and be successful on a long-term basis? And so the genesis for this research was I wanted to answer that question. Like what what made or what differentiated leaders and their ability to be very successful? And was it what they knew or how they did it? And so uh, to answer that question, Uh, We commissioned a research study, as you mentioned, of over 10,000 high-performing leaders across industries and across the globes of different sizes, you name it, they were included in it. And out of that research, there were a ton of factors that we identified that, that contributed to, you know, their particular success. And, but what was interesting about the data, when you really dig dug deep, is that there was a clear line of demarcation in the top seven. And what was also interesting about the top seven is that they applied no matter job role, career stage, or industry. And so my team and I decided, hey, 
if that's the case, and if we can double down on getting that word out on what the research showed and help develop individuals on doing what it takes to uh, be successful long-term in their roles, then that might add a lot of value to individuals and their organizations. So I have a lot of questions on this. So (laughs) interesting. So how long did it take you to do this research and how did you get 10,000 leaders willing to participate in your studies? Great. And I have one more, but that it's not fully related. <laughs> so I'll have you answer those two first. <laughs> well, I will say we started before the pandemic. It ended, the research itself took about seven years, to be honest with you. We finished up right before the pandemic. And I actually worked with my team to write the book, solidify the findings and write the book during the pandemic, um, since we had a bit of bandwidth and downtime. But as you can tell, I'm very chatty. I have a huge network. That is one of my superpowers. And because, quite honestly, because I had the benefit throughout my career of my network being in very large enterprise level organizations, it was tapping on colleagues and friends who ended up being game to allowing us to come in and research their individuals and add them to them. So we started there. And then from there, once you start telling the story, other companies became more willing. So honestly, it was through a lot of networking, a lot of invitations, a lot of discussions, but but we were very pleased with being able to capture that many individuals to survey and to poll and, to, and then to probe a little bit deeper. That's wonderful. You mentioned working with Gallup. What type of work did you do with them? Well, we just consult with some of their researchers. Uh, We don't have a formalized partnership, but, you know, there's some of the specialists in learning more about the workplace and the world of work and the dynamics of business. I won't just say work, the dynamics of business. I had an opportunity to collaborate with them and their extended team to actually uh, speak on the current megatrends going on in the world of work and was at their headquarters at a conference and was invited to collaborate. So that is kind of in the expert expert network that I tried to keep up. They are kind of our my accountability partners and I stay in touch and try to participate and return the favor to them when they want to talk and have questions and ask and be part of their focus groups. So, What a great opportunity. Your list was over 100 different leadership characteristics, but your closer analysis, like I said, created or gave you these, these seven areas. And those specific leadership tactics ultimately dramatically increase the probability of success in any leadership effort or initiative. That's what the research shared. So can you break down these top seven tactics and I'll I'll read them out loud real quick so that we have them all together. But they were intellectual horsepower, courageous agility, strategic decision making, intrapreneurship, drive for results, executive presence and stakeholder savvy. Very interesting. Very interesting. It was interesting. I love those. Yes, I would love to uh, just go, I'll do a 10,000 foot view on each one of them. Um, but before I do so, I want to say that for each one of the tactics that these leadership individuals use in their leadership efforts, there are competencies associated underneath them. 
And we, our research identified the top five competencies that one could develop to help them better lead with each of these tactics. So it even goes a level deeper, but I won't go that deep today. I'll just go talk about the top seven. So the first was leading with intellectual horsepower. So successful individuals led with intellectual horsepower. And intellectual horsepower it was is all about using your area of the expertise to what I call peek around corners and spot trends or data or information that others miss. And you, you when you do this, that this means you're bringing additional insight, value, knowledge to the table that your organization or your team um, can use to even better themselves even more. So that's uh, the first one. The second tactic is leading with courageous agility. And courageous agility is all about having the fortitude and the courage to do the right thing, even when the future is uncertain or unclear. So that, it means what it says. It's it's taking that step, even though you're unsure if you have the support or if you have all the data. It does involve making decisions based on calculated risks versus just being willy-nilly. But but if you're convinced, it aligns with your values and convictions and the data supports it, then leading with courageous agility was a key factor to helping people to be successful. The third tactic was about leading with strategic decision-making. And that's just what it says. Um, it's all about making the right decisions yourselves or leading a good decision-making process with your teams or collaborators. That way, the ultimate course of action that you and your team decided to make had a diversity of perspectives. It was looked at in different angles where you got to be pretty confident that taking that next step was the right thing to do. The fourth tactic is leading with intrapreneurship. And intrapreneurship is all about um, identifying new opportunities to improve operations or processes or things that apply to you. So it's always being in self-improvement mode and bringing those great ideas back to better either your leadership effort or the leadership effort of your team. The fifth tactic, I think we're on the fifth tactic, is leading with a drive for results. And that's always being about being tenacious and ensuring the ultimate goal is achieved, no matter if you have to pivot or course correct making sure that you're doing all that you can to get to the ultimate end goal within the time frame and budget allowed. The sixth tactic involved leading with executive presence. And the way we define executive presence is all about making very convincing either oral or written arguments or justifications in order to influence others to take action. So this is about having that, that grit being prepared to share your perspectives to decision makers that matter in a way that convinces them to support you and that you gain buy-in. And then the last tactic is leading with stakeholder savvy. It's kind of the sister tactic to emotional intelligence, but it's all about being savvy with the those that you're interacting with in that environment or situation in which you're um, engaging them. So you might, for instance, if you are a salesperson, there's a certain way that you might want to interact with potential clients over a cup of coffee. 
versus when you're in final negotiations for a billion dollar deal and understanding how to flex and adjust personalities as needed to make sure you're having win-win conversations is extremely important. So those are the seven at a very high level. I love it. So how long did it take you to come up with these top seven and how did you actually get to these top seven? Yeah, great question. Well, as you can imagine, we had tons and tons of research and data, but when you uh, look at different cuts of the data, you saw trends and things grouped together. And so what we tried to do was to encompass in the seven tactics, naming them in a way that encompassed the intent of the action or the tactic that people were doing, but if you go one level deeper, it also included all of those subcompetencies that were critical to making sure those actions were successful. So for instance, in stakeholder savvy, you're really going to have to go deep on your active listening skills if you're going to have a high degree of acumen and stakeholder savvy, because you're not going to be able to relate or, or respond or connect to others if you're not listening out for keywords, phrases, watching for uh, body movement and gestures, all of those types of things that go into better understanding others. Those are subcompetencies that are needed to ultimately do that tactic very well. So what we try to do in our workshops is we first teach about the seven. And I mean, they're not rocking science, but it's kind of setting the foundation and stage for those. But then when we go into deep development on the each of the tactics, we go to the second layer and focus on those subcompetencies and helping people to understand and develop in the areas that um, they may not be as savvy. So your workshops, do you actually give the participants the assessment prior to that to know what yes. where they, okay. We do. So, and thank you for mentioning that. So accompanying all of this research, we also created a diagnostic assessment uh, that measured one's acumen in each of the seven. Now, let me be clear, this is not a personality assessment, so it's not like your Myers-Briggs or your DISC and uh, your strengths binders and that. The diagnostic assessments actually test level of acumen in it. But the great news is everyone has a baseline level in all of the seven. But it's measuring your level of acumen that's most important in identifying if there are areas that we might need to double down on to help you to become more savvy in that to, you know, help hopefully make sure you're well balanced in all seven. And I give the example that around healthy eating, we all know the basics of healthy eating. I think we can mostly all agree that an apple is better than a pound of French fries. <laughs> uh, although it's different tastes, so you might want it different for different reasons, but our baseline, we all have a baseline, but, you know, a dietitian or a doctor or a scientist would know the molecular compounds and food and all. They all have a higher level acumen on assessing healthy foods versus your lay person. And so what we strive to do, if you're really trying to be at the top of your game, is to help you get as close to uh, a deep knowledge and expertise in each of the seven as we can, because the more you know about them, 
the more you can infuse them in your day-to-day role without even thinking about it. And you'll know you're doing it in the most effective way possible. So most of the people or all the people you're saying do demonstrate all of these tactics. They just demonstrate it at different levels. At different, yes, different levels of acumen. And and it's always in context, right? Based on what, and you can use these to be a stronger leader in your home life or your work life, you know, or your volunteer life. So they're applicable in all of the areas that you're trying to show up as your best self in. But there are times when you're going to lean on one or more of these in more in depth than others, right? As I always like to say a sales executive will lean on stakeholder savvy a lot because they're having to understand a potential prospect. They also will lean on executive presence a bit because they're going to have to convince that person to buy what they're selling. And they're also going to have to leave on lean on a drive for results because many don't get, you know, full payment unless they bring in that sale. Now, are, am I saying they're never going to have to lead with intellectual horsepower or any of the others? No, they will at times in their roles, but there's some taxes that show up more for you based on the situation that you're in. Now, in your experience, are these characteristics always able to be developed in a way? Like you said, there's they all have them, but different levels of acumen. So there's some right. development there. Yeah. But are they are they primarily like innate qualities that people have in order to be developed or can can they be created more or less? Oh, these are absolutely can be developed because remember, these are tactics and tactics are actions. So you can be taught how to or the basics of what it would take to to lead with each of these tactics. So it, they absolutely can be developed. We all have an innate foundation. But you're absolutely right. They all can be developed. And I'll be honest with you, just by the nature of living and your expertise and your length of time in your profession, some of these are just naturally developed over time because it's a forcing function based on what you're doing. With other individuals, they may not have had that opportunity to refine each of these tactics and their sub-competencies. And they may have to be open to a bit of development to sharpen that muscle that they have not had to use in a while. So in your consulting practice, yes, how do you work with companies? So you do this workshop. Can you explain how it works and any other programs that you do? Yes. Uh, well, for this particular workshop, we actually have a whole what we call a leadership development experience and the book I wrote is called Lead at the Top of Your Game. And it, out of that, it goes over all these tactics. It gives you uh, ideas on how to help develop. We also talk about how to turn your personal brand into a leadership brand because what ends up happening, if you do these seven well in your day to day roles or life, you're going to become renowned for being an expert or being very knowledgeable or in what you're trying to lead. And that naturally elevates your personal brand into a leadership brand. And so we talk about that process and how to leverage your your leadership brand to do additional things or reach additional goals that one may have. So I say all that to say the, the workshops, we usually have 
individuals to take the leadership tactics diagnostic assessment so that they see their where they are now, their baseline. We have we do a debrief on the assessment itself, and then we have different experiences that they can go through. Companies can offer their employees based on where they want to focus. So some want work development on all seven. Some just want to go very deep on one particular tactic at a time. And then some are premium offering. We actually challenge their teams and organizations to create an initiative, a real life initiative that will have major impact within the organization. And we actually facilitate that with them and they present to their leaders using and practicing all of these tactics. And we have them talk about and tell the story about how they would implement their initiative, leveraging these seven tactics. And that is the most powerful offering that we offer that they get a huge ROI for. That's a, an amazing concept and and like template that you've you've developed there because I think just in in general adult adult learners learn by doing so whether do. it's something that's tactical like this yeah. or it is a training that you're taking based on a particular skill like you 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 learn by doing I mean some of the feedback that we get from our clients based on things that we've delivered like that, the positive reinforcement around like, thank you for giving us tactics that we could immediately put into play because they don't learn otherwise, or they don't make the connection. So I think that that being your premium offering makes a lot of sense and probably adds so much value overall. It sounds like it's a, it's a a huge value win as an individual contributor too. So like we've, I obviously we're talking about leadership and to to scale, we're talking about companies, organizations, but can we talk a little bit more about what you mentioned earlier? Where like, this isn't just for the professional workplace, like this is things that can help us personally too. Like what, what value is there for an individual contributor to build these skills or tactics? Well, you know, and and maybe I'm talking, um, a little loosey-goosey, but I think in, in the human nature, in our human nature and human core, we really do want to show up as our best selves. And as I mentioned, the problem we were trying to solve is how do people show up as their best selves and what exactly do they do to do that? And so you that's why you can apply any of these to any sliver of your life that you would like. And I'll give an example. I I do a lot of volunteer work. And with some of the nonprofits, we talk about how we can use these tactics to better help the underserved and or help reach donors who will help fund the various projects that help the underserved. And one of the examples is courageous agility. If we teach either those in the nonprofit who are running it and or their volunteers, more about courageous agility, like standing up for what you believe in, even if the certain if even if the future is unclear, that can be translated when your volunteers are out talking to their communities and trying to engage them and be advocates for them, even if they don't know if somebody's going to agree with them or not. Right. 
But for that population that resonates with their message and what they're doing and how they're trying to serve, they're going to naturally attract them and be given permission, if you will, to have a deeper conversation with them. So what we try to do and teach in those type of situations is you've got to earn the right to be heard as a leader. And and it's not about you and what you're trying to present or do. It's matching it to something that's important to your target audience, whether it be your boss, whether it be donors, whether you know it be your parishioners, if you're religious, you 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 have to prioritize the needs and desires of your target audience and how you do that if you use these seven tactics, these will help you gain the right to be heard and accelerate their buy-in if what you're saying resonates with them. Excellent. <laughs> Did I send no, you into no, silence? Yeah, no, just thinking a lot, but it, it truly, there's a lot of overlapping and I can yeah. picture exactly, you know, what you're saying on how important these, these are, tactics yeah. are in your personal life too. I'm curious. I kind of want to revisit real quickly, like, cause this is like a personal question, like a question that I have is deeping like a little bit more info on like entrepreneurship versus entrepreneurship because yeah. it's obviously like intra and entre like being in opposites there's like some assumptions that can be made but can you give me like just a little bit more info on kind of what the difference really is between those and so that one person who is really great with the entrepreneurial mindset doesn't assume that they have like the seven tactics that's a great question and they're quite similar to be honest with you the entrepreneurship leverages whatever environment or system that you're already in to use that to build that organization by thinking about how to improve operations or products or services. There is already a structure in place. So in entrepreneurship, if you're within a nonprofit, working within a nonprofit, or if you're working within a company um, or your employer, there's usually infrastructure outside of just you and you'll be able to leverage that infrastructure um, as you plan to do various initiatives for that company. Entrepreneurship, you're really kind of going out of it or founding it on your own until you get resources to you know build up your own company. And so entrepreneurship is a single individual or just a couple of individuals that don't have an established infrastructure to work from. They're kind of flying from the seat of their pants, if you will, to get and found their company or effort or business. Thank you for the clarification that that absolutely makes more sense and helps somebody like me connect the dots a little bit further. So thank you. Yeah. Very informative, really cool information. Thank you. Somebody called you and said, I am looking for a leadership development solution. Yeah. What would you say? Yeah, it's great. So I would guide them to our website. It's shockinglydifferent.com. And we've hopefully made it easy for you. At the top of the navigation, you will see a uh, button called Quick Search. We have a lot of offerings. You can click on Quick Search and then filter based for what you're looking for. We have things like coaching or HR support or mentoring or advisory services. So whatever you're looking for that relates to the people side of business, 
you can uh, use the filters to see the offerings for what you're looking for indirectly. If you want details on the entire lead at the top of your game development experience, you will see that on the main tab. You'll see it's a signature program experience. You click on that tab and you'll see about eight offerings that we have specifically tied to the research that we conducted. So for that particular leadership development, you, you can uh, find that there, or you can use our quick search and have fun filtering away. We thank you very much for sharing yourself with us in, in such a way. Oh. Uh, is there one final thing that you would say to our listeners that would say, here's where to start. Here's the best way to spot these traits and you know what to do with them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you do click on the signature experience on our site, we have defined each of the seven tactics that I, I mentioned today in a little bit more detail. So that's a great place to start. We actually outline what the tactics are, how to spot them into individuals, what value they bring to both individuals and the organizations, and a few other resources for each of them individually. So I would start there. And then if you'd like to try out the assessment for your organization, feel free to reach out and one of our staff will make sure we give you a complimentary copy there. And then I'd also like to say, if you're just curious and want to dip your toe in the water, um, we do have a, a quick quiz. If you're ever curious about which of these tactics are more impactful on you, meaning what would catch your eye if you were the target audience that somebody was trying to impress, if you go to shockinglydifferent.com forward slash trigger, singular trigger, there is a quick quiz. You could literally two minutes to take, and then you can learn at least a little bit more about yourself if you were in that. Uh, target audience shoes, which of these would be most impactful for you that would cause you to gain buy-in to that person who's trying to either impress you or lead you or convince you of to support a, a particular initiative. So that's a, a fun thing to do as well. I love a good quiz. I do. I do. They're like, my favorite, like really, they are my, like my favorite, like favorite thing. So that I think that another excellent way to get introduced to such a wonderful and like really brilliant concept around leadership. So thank you very much. And although we don't have necessarily our research like you did on the top seven traits of leadership, we do have a very special segment called the TTA 10. So maybe you'll be down for that. It's the TTA 10, 10 final questions for our guest. Like I'm getting a little bit better at the segues. Um, <laughs> David, so Karen, as we discussed before the podcast started, we have the TTA 10, very fun little segment where I'm going to ask you 10 very quick questions about yourself and like other things just to get to know you a little bit better, have a little bit of playfulness. And the goal is that you'll answer all 10 questions in 90 seconds or less and become a TTA 10 champion. Like I said, it doesn't always happen, but either way, there will be a fun little ditty at the end for you from our producer extraordinaire, David. So on that note, Karen, are you ready to play TTA 10? I am. I'm all in. All right. Yes, I love it. David, let us know when the time is on the clock, please. 90 seconds on the clock, beginning now. 
All right, Karen, what's seven minus two? Five. Who is your favorite movie actor or actress? Angela Bassett. Oh, what is something you've tried once before, but you will never try again? Zip lining. What was the last concert you attended? Beyonce. Oh, good one. Who has been your greatest inspiration? Oh, my father. Knock, knock. Who's there? Which TV show do you wish you could watch for the first time again? Succession. If you weren't in leadership development, what do you think your career would be? Veterinarian. What is the best Starburst flavor? Strawberry. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Dogs, all right. That is 10, David. Let's get a time and give it to us straight. All right. We've got a time of only 58.6 seconds, well under the threshold. In fact, I think that's the best ever. Very the best answers, too. I was going to say, Jocelyn Maria, I think we might have a new leader in the clubhouse. And so, therefore, I think so. Karen predicted this. Yes, Karen. You are a TCA Yay. 10 champion. We know that you are the host of the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast, so it's no surprise she was on top of her game today. Started at the bottom. Now she's here. She's got game indeed. Now, we know you're a proud alum of the University of Georgia. Today, all of Bulldog Nation is proud of you, including fellow alumni like iconoclastic music producer Danger Mouse, brooding REM frontman Michael Stipe, pouty actress Kim Basinger, and smug overpaid talking head Ryan Seacrest. We know you lead with intellectual horsepower. Well, you galloped in here today with serious horse sense. I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but this was no dog and pony show today. You were really feeling your oats. It's no surprise that the technician behind shockingly different leadership delivered an electrifying performance today. You got the power, girl. Congratulations, you are a TTA 10 <laughs> champion. The champion of champions. The champion of champions. Yes, Karen. Excellent. Yes. Well, thank thank you. you. Oh, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. And what a fun and insightful episode. So thank you once again for sharing your time and your knowledge with us. This was great. Thank you so much, Karen. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been a blast. For more information on Karen and shockingly different leadership, visit us at thetrainingassociates.com. We'll see you later.